Uh, I'm simply going to concentrate on one very tightly defined philosophical aspect of this whole area of the problem of evil or the problem of suffering. And that is something called the logical problem of evil. It's the kind of classic uh, objection to the existence of God from noting the existence of evil things happening in the world. It's the kind of view that says uh, that these two claims, that evil exists and the claim that God exists, are incompatible. They can't possibly be both true. And since it's obvious that evil things exist, isn't it therefore obvious that God cannot exist? Well, are these two statements logically incompatible with each other because they're not actually obviously self-contradictory to one another. Um, we might need to be a bit more specific about what we mean by saying that evil exists and a bit more specific about what we mean by saying that there is a God in order to kind of tease out what the supposed uh, mismatch between these two claims is, as Alvin Plantinga puts it, many would confidently assert that this set of beliefs is contradictory without actually trying to show us how they are contradictory or in what way they contradict each other. They just think it's so obvious that they're happy to just assert it. And if you ask for a justification of that, it can be uh, difficult sometimes. The alleged inconsistency, says Michael Peterson, another philosopher, isn't obvious. It's not explicit or formal in nature. It's not like the statement, um, Peter Williams exists, and the statement, Peter Williams does not exist. Those obviously can't both be true, referring to me. I can't both exist and not exist. But the statements, God exists and evil exists, they're not of that kind of order of obviousness, at least. You need to make explicit by specifying some additional ideas that we're kind of teasing out here. And most people would try and do it something like this. They would say, okay, what I mean by the claim God exists here is something like there's a being who is maximally powerful, who's omnipotent, as the technical jargon goes. He can do anything he wants that's possible. Uh, who's maximally knowledgeable, who knows all about reality who is wholly, entirely, and only good in his character, and who freely chose to create this world. And by saying that evil exists, it seems pretty obvious that you need to claim that objective evil exists. That is, that evil is the kind of thing that we've discovered rather than the kind of thing that we've invented or that we can just define according to our kind of decision that might differ from person to person or society to society. Otherwise, what the argument boils down to is saying, something I, I happen to not like exists, therefore there's no God. And someone else might say, well, I do like that thing that you don't like, so I don't have a problem. What's, what's the issue? You actually need to say that there's something in reality that is contradicting the very possibility of God's existence. So once you've teased out what we kind of mean by these claims to try and firm up the argument, 
make it as strong as we can, do we have an incompatibility? Well, Robin Lepavre is an atheist philosopher, and I think he has about as good a stab at setting out this logical problem of evil as I've seen. And you'll note that he teases out these same kind of concepts that we were playing with there. He says, if a god is all-knowing, well, he'll be aware of suffering. Okay? If he's all-powerful, he'll be able to prevent the suffering. And if he's perfectly good, he will desire to prevent the suffering. So we're not going to let the, the theists have the get-out of saying, well, you know, maybe God can't get rid of it, or maybe he, he just doesn't want to. What's, you know, what's the issue? But then adding, secondly, that clearly God does not prevent suffering. There is suffering, he thinks, leads to this conclusion. And this is actually very significant. He says, either there is no such deity who has all of these qualities, or if there is, he's, he's not all-knowing, all-powerful, and perfectly good. Though he may be one or two of these, he thinks it's only a God who has all of those qualities of goodness, knowledge, power, etc., that is contradicted by evil. Not a God who has one or two of those qualities. Uh, the neo-atheist Sam Harris, interestingly the only um, neo-atheist to really put the problem of evil in any of his writings, thinks along similar lines. He says, if God exists, either he can do nothing to stop the most egregious calamities, or he doesn't care to. God, therefore, is either impotent or evil. So notice, first of all, that the logical problem of evil isn't actually an argument for atheism. It's not an argument against a belief in some kind of creator or a god at all. It's actually an argument against belief in a certain kind of god. And so not only is it not an argument for atheism, it's not an argument for the, the worldview of metaphysical naturalism or materialism. It doesn't justify that as a conclusion. You could think the logical problem of evil is a knockdown argument QED and that some form of supernaturalism was true. And then we start asking some awkward questions. Philosophers have done over the last couple of decades with this argument. And said, so, well, will an all-good God necessarily desire to prevent all evil? And will he necessarily desire to prevent it now? Because there's another unspoken assumption of the argument. Maybe he'll prevent it, get rid of it in the future. Atheist Richard M. Gale, in his book on the nature and existence of God, points out that we often feel justified in us bringing about or us not preventing some evil so that a greater evil could be avoided or some outweighing good realized. And the Provdar says suffering may be part of the divine design insofar as suffering is an essential consequence of some greater good. So here two atheist philosophers saying, well, actually, no, that's, that's not necessarily true, that assumption of the argument. As very famous uh, Oxford atheist J.L. Mackey put it, the opposition between good and evil might be construed in such a way that a wholly good God 
would not, after all, eliminate evil as far as he could, at least not now. And it might be argued, he then goes on, questioning another one of the assumptions of the argument, this time about God's power, that there are limits to what even an omnipotent being can do. For example, it would usually be said that God can't do what's logically impossible. You know, God can't create a, a round square. But that's not a limitation upon his power. It just means that the concept of creating a round square is just nonsense. It's an incoherent concept. And this, we can agree, would be no real departure from omnipotence. So he kind of suggests, well, maybe it could be argued that God can't get rid of certain types of evil. At least you can't assume that he must be able to get rid of any kind of evil that exists because maybe... Maybe it's one of those logically impossible things. So, Mackey concluded that the problem of evil, this logical problem, does not, after all, show that the central doctrines of theism are logically inconsistent with each other and that, therefore, there can't be a God. As agnostic Paul Draper puts it, he says, it's possible, it's possible that there's some good reason, perhaps a reason too complicated for humans to understand, who knows, some good reason for God to permit tragedies of suffering and so on. So tragedies don't conclusively disprove God. There's no logical incompatibility. Rowe thinks the same thing, but he picks up on a very classic um, Christian uh, reply to the problem of evil argument uh, from Alvin Plantinger made in the, the 60s. Rowe says, some philosophers have contended that the existence of evil is logically inconsistent with the existence of the theistic God, the God who has all of those properties that we mentioned at the beginning. No one, I think, has succeeded in establishing such an extravagant claim. Indeed, granted incompatibilism, now what he means here is the idea that free will, the kind of free will that gives you moral responsibility and the ability to choose between alternatives isn't compatible with the idea that everything that I do is caused by causes outside of my control. So he's kind of saying, if God could create people who had free will, okay, granted incompatibility, there's a fairly compelling argument for the view that the existence of evil is logically consistent with the existence of God. This comes from Alvin Plantinger again. And he's kind of got two steps in this free will defense, as it's called. Now, there's a difference in philosophy between giving a defense against an, an objection in this area and giving what's uh, called a theodicy, but that just means an, uh, an explanation that you think is actually true. So, given that the atheist is saying, here's my logical problem of evil, what do you do with that? It would be one thing to try and say, well, here's how I think it actually is the case that God and evil coexist. Here's what I think God's reasons for allowing suffering and tragedies and so on are. And here's why I think those are obviously good enough reasons for him to do that and so on. Well, that's one approach that people might take. A defence doesn't try to do that. A defence doesn't claim, here's a viewpoint that explains everything and that I think is true. Rather, it says, here's a viewpoint that if it were true, 
would show those two things can exist in the same world. Those two ideas can fit together. The idea I'm putting forward might not actually be true. It doesn't matter. It could be false. But if it's possible for it to be true, it proves that these ideas fit together and that there's no contradiction between them. So it's, it's not trying to do as much as a theodicy. It's just saying, well, here's a way in which maybe, maybe it's this way. And if it were, then that at least shows that there isn't any contradiction here, even if that's not the way in which those two ideas actually do fit together. So Plantinga puts it in two steps. He says, a world containing creatures who are significantly free, who've got free will, is more valuable than a world containing no significantly free creatures. Free will makes possible all sorts of really valuable things, like, in particular, of course, within the Christian worldview, genuinely loving relationships. Not only between people, but between people and God. To create creatures capable of moral good... God must create creatures capable of moral evil. He actually has to give us a choice. And if we have a choice, he can't then give us the choice and then, with one hand, kind of take it away with the other. He can't give these creatures this freedom to perform evil and at the same time prevent them from doing so. But you say, well, that might only account for Horrible things that people do to each other using, misusing their freedom of will. But then Plantinga adds the granted, highly implausible, but remember this is a defence, not a theodicy, the highly implausible but logically possible idea that all natural evil, all suffering brought on by, by natural disasters and so on, is caused by demons misusing their free will. So we've extended what free will can cover from people to everything that goes wrong in the world. Now, if that's possible, it proves that there's no logical incompatibility between the concepts of there being a theistic God who's all-knowing and all-powerful and all-good and who freely created the world and there being objective evil in the world remember all it's saying is maybe that's that's possible it's not saying that that's actually what the real explanation is so as michael bergman sums it up there is actually a nearly unanimous agreement amongst philosophers of religion whether you're looking at theistic philosophers of religion or agnostic philosophers of religion or atheist philosophers of religion there's nearly unanimous agreement that the logical version of the argument from evil just doesn't work. There is no logical incompatibility between the existence of God and the existence of real evil in the world.